This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. For anybody wondering, what's our topic? One big question facing the Cowboys. What is it for you? 877-881-1053. One big question facing the Cowboys. What is yours? Now, I can run through... The question that I saw in the ringer, unless you guys would like to start first. My biggest question, which it kind of goes into yesterday's topic, which I'm just afraid there's not really a solution or answer for, is the other cornerback besides Diggs. I, okay. So that's kind of the biggest, if you're kind of asking that, Okay. I'd say, man, that's my biggest question is how is Dan Quinn going to try to cover that major uh, weakness up. Okay, I want to get to a couple of cuts from J. Ron Kirsten. Let's go ahead and fire off cut number one with him first. This is J. Ron Kirsten talking about how the defense hasn't been what they said they were. We we haven't played our brand of football on the defense side of the ball. Uh, the things that was going on early in the year, uh, if you would have told told anybody that we we scored 34 points, they would have assured that was a Cowboys victory. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, we talk about being the, one of the best defenses in the league. In the uh, past two weeks, we haven't shown it at all. So, I mean, you are what you put on tape. And, you know, at this point, uh, we, we, haven't, we haven't gotten the job done. We haven't gotten the job done at all. Uh, and just speaking solely from the defense, uh, you know, we scored 34 points on Sunday. Uh, we, should, we should come out with a victory. We should come up with the victory, and it should be a comfortable victory uh, if we claim to be the defense that that we think we are. Okay, I like a lot about that. I like the accountability he's taking, but then at the very end, 34 points should be a victory and should be a comfortable victory if we're the defense that we claim to be. I don't know if – it's not exactly the same answer, but one of the things that came up in the ringer is has the defense been figured out? And I think my question is kind of a mashup of what you said, Mike, and of that is, do you get to a tipping point with injuries where you can't overcome? Because the injuries hitting at the same spots is the problem. Not like, I know teams get injured across the board, but when you hit at the same spot, you get to the point where you're like, well, crap, I don't know what to do. I hear you, and the answer is somewhat yes, and maybe the Eagles just don't have any injuries. I know that Jalen Hurts isn't playing Saturday against the Cowboys, but, you know, he's been healthy the whole season. And that's that one primary position. I would just love to know how many starters have they lost 
throughout the season sure. on their team. I know Dallas Goddard is coming back yes. most likely Saturday, but he's been out for a long time. Yep. Obviously, the Cowboys were Lost somewhat CJ fine. Gardner-Johnson, who yeah. they made the move for. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're really you're replacing them with second and third round picks, Wait. and they are horrible. So I mean, it's one of those things where it just looks like the Cowboys have done a great job of drafting. Unfortunately, at the one position yeah. two years ago that they felt like these guys would be ready to really play in the NFL are not NFL players. And thank goodness they hit on Deron Bland then, or like yeah. hit comparatively, depending on how you describe that, or else. My goodness, what would we be talking about? Because this is... Okay, let's jump to cut two then. Because Jaron Curse had a bunch of good stuff. And then Derek, I'm going to swing back around to you. Cut two. And this is Jaron Curse kind of speaking to your point about... I know it's bigger than just Wright and Joseph, but it kind of speaks to that too. One thing I do know is uh, in this league, uh, you know, next guy has to be ready to play. And it's just that simple. Uh, you know, it's, can't really protect people in this league. Uh, you know, it's been it's coaches that's been doing this for years and years before I was born. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to protect guys in this league. Uh, you know, they have guys that scout and they have guys that's constantly, constantly in the film room, and uh, you know they'll find a mismatch if it's if it's one to be found. And I think that's the concern is that Kelvin Joseph was the next man up, and I know it goes beyond just cornerback, but Kelvin Joseph is the next man up. He ain't it. Now, Nashawn Wright, I would assume, will end up being the next man up. And maybe he'll play great. But I think it's safe to have trepidation when you need more cornerbacks. And he has been sitting on the bench all year. And only now is he a backup to the backup solution. What is what is your question, Derek? I hope I turn my mic on. My question, my is, question is the uh, the defense. I mean, that's the obvious. The big concern is, you know, they they were known for being a very good defense and it's like everything is kind of falling apart. So we're kind of curious as going in, I know you're, you're going to play against the Eagles and it's not the starter, you know, Jalen hurts out there. It, it changes everything, but these guys got to step up. You got the opportunity to be out there. Guys are getting their opportunity. They need to make the most of those. And I just think it's, it's frustrating that you have such a, a good team and we're, we're not going to be able to, we're, we're not doing what we should be doing. You score 30 points. It's just like in a baseball game. If you you put up 10 runs, you need to win that game. It's the same thing with football. You put up those points, you have to win those games. And a lot of this surrounds the same thing from the 469. How are they going to fill cornerback ineptness from the 214? Should Bland start at cornerback two? Now, the thing about that is, like, I guess that's cornerback two if you think about it in the idea that on the outside are corners one and two as opposed to the slot. I just think Deron Bland has been really yeah. good. Where and they, Bland, his, he's playing almost every snap. Yeah. It's not like he, they're sit, he's sitting out while Kevin Joseph is playing. Yeah, and so I, I don't view it as a cornerback two. From the 5-8-5, five, five, wherever that is, will the secondary be able to hold up to allow the pass rush to get home? And I, so you see, like back to back to back questions yeah. again. Cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. I, or can you say secondary? I think secondary, it has to be the opposite, though. Is you need the pass rush that doesn't have that many is exactly injuries. Exactly what I think. I get Hankins is hurt, but he's not a pass rusher. That your pass rushers are gonna have to put pressure on the quarterback to get rid of the ball sooner than they want. Because with time now, that's it's all going hand in hand. Maybe. You know, guys weren't that great at coverage, but if you give that quarterback one and a half extra seconds, 
that gives that wide receiver the uh, enough time to get open and expose weaknesses. So I don't know who it is, who steps up. I'm a big fan of Sam Williams. I know he's not Micah Parsons, but I love to maybe give Sam Williams an extra five or six snaps, especially on maybe passing downs and see if he can cause havoc. Because then you hope that even if you trick it up, and I'm not saying it would be this way every time, but if you're letting loose – you know, Lawrence, hopefully Armstrong is good to go, Williams, Micah, then that creates all kinds of havoc, or maybe that eases up some of the pressure on Micah, since we've all talked about, is his body kind of beat up, like, more than it was last year because he's on the line of scrimmage so much. Yeah, and I also, I did want to throw this out, and I meant to do it when I was talking about it. Curse also made a great point. If if there's new targets out there, new new guys coming in injury from injuries and all that stuff, they're going to target them because they want to see that they can prove that they belong out there. So they're going to attack the weakness right away. It's just like for pitching, you know, if I see a weaker guy in the lineup that I can get to, I'm going to try to get to him so I can go after that because it's going to be the easy way to get out of something if I'm in a jam. So for them, those guys that are stepping up, they have to really step up. And that's why I think Curse was saying it's like nobody can be hidden. You know, they're going to find you and that's the thing is when you go out there, you have to do your job. You're going to be targeted right away because they know this is fresh meat that's out there. And this guy has not really shown that he can do what it takes. So we're going to try to expose him. And then once they try to shift that to cover that up, now it leaves somebody else open. So you got to kind of cover that, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. And I, I remain concerned about that. I'm, I'm going to circle back uh, one more time because we were kind of talking about this again. I don't necessarily think. This is how it works across the field, uh, across the board for teams. Do you not think wide receiver two is better than wide receiver three? Then why not have your second best cornerback against their number two? Well, that just depends on how the team is set up. Like in a lot of teams, your slot receiver might be your wide receiver one. I know that feels weird because it's your X receiver is always wide receiver one. Kind of Cooper Cup. Yes. I mean, he's yes. arguably the best receiver in the game before injury, yeah. and he was in the slot more than outside. I, I don't watch LA every play, but it feels like he's in the slot a lot. Exactly. So I think I think that could shift around a lot. I don't think it's as simple as your X receiver is always your number one, and that's who Trayvon Diggs is always going to follow. Or what like they have found the system or the spot that they like Deron Bland. And if you moved him and then you created another issue, I know you might be like, well, if you have that issue in the slot, hopefully you won't get beat deep as much. But Cooper Cup is a great example of how a slot can torch you all the same or at least to a certain extent as the number one or the number two wide receiver. It's just all about exposing as much as you possibly can. You know what your strengths are. You're going to use those, but when you can find a weakness, you want to expose it as much as you possibly can because it's going to help you not have to use your strength as much because now you have this window. Okay, cool. Here, we can go here. And then this question comes up, and I think we'll hear this a lot more after this game, but from the 214, they said their big question is, should you start pitch counting certain players since the playoffs have been clinched? I don't think you will just because... You need probably one. You need either one more this win or one more win to make you feel comfortable about the five spot and the Giants and everything like that. Because and it is huge too. Because for sure, I get Minnesota is not a very good team, but I'd much rather play the a- NFC South, right? Because if you win that wild card game, I think for let's say I'm going to ask you, Kevin. Okay. The Cowboys win the wild card game against, let's just say, Tampa Bay. Yep. And then they lose at Philadelphia. Yep. Are you going to feel okay about the season? 
Depending on how the game goes, probably. Yeah, and I think there's, I'm going to now. Which I know is a losing Cowboys mentality that people get mad about, but probably. If for some reason you lose out and you get the sixth seed and now you play San Francisco, let's just say they jump to number two and you lose to San Francisco in the wild card round, how do you feel about the season? I do feel like that's a lot different. I really do. Because I I agree. Because 10 and Different in which way? Okay, so I'm glad that you asked that. Because 10 and 7 or 11 and 6, you're like, Oh yeah, you were you were a good team, and that's nice, and that's all you were, and that's. But if you finish, let's say thirteen and four, or let's even say you go twelve and five, and take, you're like, man, we were just in the wrong division this year, and we still made it to the final eight. I know that's not the NFC Championship game, which is what I like. A lot of people are obsessed with, or the Super Bowl, or anything like that. But it is a round further, and it is multiple games better. Where you're not just the wild card team; you're a wild card team who got stuck. In a bad in a bad situation for your division, I just don't feel like Cowboys fans in general are gonna. If you lose in the first round right out the gate, that's not a that's not a good thing. It's not a good season. I feel like that's what all their expectations. What if they beat Tampa and then lose to to Philadelphia? That's the other scenario. You either if you if you decide to pitch count people yeah. and you're like, you know what, f it, we ain't really gonna try for a while, and you lose all three of your games down the stretch because you're like, well, we are just wanting to be as healthy as possible for the playoffs, but all of a sudden. New York jumped you into the five spot. You fall down to six. You play San Francisco. They beat you up like they did last year in the wild card round, and now you're out in the first round. That just feels really bad. Where I'm not saying it feels great if you beat Tampa and then lose to Philadelphia, but I'd at least feel like, well, we got one playoff win, and then we went to the team with the best record, and hopefully you put up a decent fight there. There's multiple. There's, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's tough. I mean, you. I just feel like if we if if the Cowboys don't win the first round. In general, it's just a failed season to me. I've said earlier in the year, fair or unfair, if they fail, I think they will move head coaches. Really? I and I know I honestly think they're going to anyway. I think they really want Sean Payton more than anything. It's we talked about this before when I was here, is they could do whatever they want and let's say they they get to the Super Bowl and they lose. I could still see them like, all right, well, thank you, McCarthy. It was great. We enjoyed our run. We want to go get Sean. And there are multiple people asking about the pass rush working in cooperation with the cornerbacks with one saying, sorry, there's a lot of texts coming in, is even if you hit on the pass rush, there's still going to be enough time to throw the ball because there's going to be an open spot somewhere in the secondary. And then from the 903, is the pass rush overrated? I am going to say definitively at this point, no. And I feel very comfortable with that. Just about the entirety of the year, this pass rush has been first or second in both sacks and pressures. Like, I know the last two weeks have not been their finest hour, but you can't tell me we made it all the way through this season with them leading the league or being second in those two huge categories and tell me they're overrated. I don't believe that, but I get it. If they continue across this trajectory, this defense is going to be a lot of trouble. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next... This is from the mind of Derek Holland. So if you don't like the topic, (laughs) go after him. With the spending spree the Rangers have been on, has Ray Davis now gone from the worst to the best owner in the Metroplex? 877-881-1053. We'll do that. And Mike likes it as part of the expressway right here on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. This topic was a question from the mind of Derek Holland, who yeah. is thinking more and more about giving up baseball just to hang out with KNC Masterpiece, <laughs> is what I've determined. But I think this is an interesting topic. With the spending spree the Rangers have been on, has Ray Davis now gone from the worst Metroplex owner to the best owner in the Metroplex? I know who Mike will not vote for. But I am intrigued by this hypothesis because we're just a couple years removed from like, oh, for the love of God, just spend some money, any money. And he's like, all right, I'll go get the middle infielders now. All right, I'll go get the stud pitcher. And they've been spending. Yeah, I I think so, too. And it's tough to go against like a guy like Jerry Jones, who he's been, I mean, NFL is so different because they don't have like a true free agency where guys are out there like it is in baseball, where it's. You know, after a few years, all right, this guy's available. There's not as much trading and you all have that lock stuff. lock-up mechanisms with the franchise tag like, yeah, and everything so like that, yeah. It's different, so it's it's hard to really move Jerry around. But in this case, yes, I would put Jerry at number two just for this reason. Ooh. And that's because, you know, the Rangers are out there spending. They've done it now two straight years. They've put a lot of money into getting this team right. I think they're taking a step in a right direction big time. I already know where Mike's going to go with Cuban on this one. I have, no, I have no clue. I don't have an opinion on that cheap guy. <laughs> and I, I just feel like I think he has definitely become the best. Uh, but, I mean, let's not forget about the stars, too. They're going out and getting young talent as well. And that's what I was going to ask is I wonder, and I guess we should say owner slash governor because I know that has changed, has been made, is do you feel like Tom Gaglardi is on that was list? Was that Gaglardi? Gaglardi is 
on that list or maybe at the top of that list because you've made some you've made some savvy I hope savvy short-term moves in terms of the Robertson and Ottinger deal all obviously I know they made a bigger term deal that you're hoping does not turn out like the Ben and Sagan deals did which have unfortunately been an albatross on this franchise for a while but I think Glardy's in the mix Joey what say you uh, well absolutely I mean you got to give him a lot of credit for what he did when this you know team went into bankruptcy late 2000s and he was part of uh, the deal that brought Sagan here and uh, you know paired him with Ben and they were your top two scorers for about six years I mean he's on his way to make the playoffs uh, six out of the next or six out of the 10 years that he's been here I would say it's pretty good success and you know he got to a cup final albeit it's in the bubble but uh some would say that's probably one of the harder <laughs> harder you know cups to get to yeah, and they, there was some luck in that obviously but you know they've done a fairly great job and they're not afraid to go get guys that's one thing about the stars they've made trade deadline deals you know when they've had chances to make runs and they're not afraid to do it quick question since you mm -hmm. mentioned that and i heard your response derek do you think most people across the board in all the sports discount the bubble runs or bubble championships because I hear that come up a lot. I mean, it's you still have to go out there and perform. You still have to go I out there and that. win. I get it. It's shorter seasons, you know, with baseball, you know, guys complaining about how they got the Cy Young because it's a shorter amount of games. I, I don't I, I you still played a season of whatever sport it is. So it still counts. Yes, you don't like the results, but it still counts. I also want to put out there, too. Uh, it was the comment is the best owner. But the, or sorry, they put in here Jerry Jones is the best owner, but the worst GM. Does that sure, factor into I, this? I, when no, you're looking at that? because that conversation I'm just so tired of is yeah. No, just, I get it too. Just because Jerry literally told us he was like, "Hey, when I bought this team, I said I was never going to work for anybody ever again." And so he and so we asked him about like ever not being the GM. He literally said, "It is never going to happen." And so I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just looking at it from the ownership perspective. And I think some people have questions about the ownership perspective because I, you know, he's told us numerous times I would write the biggest check in the world. And then like, you know, whether it's moving on from Mari Cooper, not signing Odell Beckham, not getting Sue, whatever the case is. I know there are some people who are like, would you though? And then this question came up, and sometimes we got to make sure everyone has all the information from the 469. Why does Mike call Mark Cuban cheap when Mark Cuban is paying luxury tax on players? If you look in the last five years, and I think we reposted this a little while back, there is no team in the NBA that has spent less actual, actual cash than what about Oklahoma City? Than the Dallas Mavericks. I'm pretty sure we were the worst. What about Orlando? I still the worst. Sacramento doesn't have much money. I, I bet well, we spent more they than have, Sacramento. They, they might not have much money, but they spent more money than us. Charlotte, I mean, that's a failing Every franchise. team in the NBA in the last five years spent more money than the Dallas Mavericks. Not Detroit. Yes, though. literally oh every God. team in the NBA spent more than the Dallas Mavericks in the and last I, five years. I'll tell years. this person, I'm going to repeat this and repeat it again so you understand. I have a friend who has, he is an agent, not an agency, but he's an agent in the NBA. And a week after the Dinwiddie trade, the Porzingis, Dinwiddie, uh, Bertans trade, he goes, that's the end of Jalen Brunson. And I said, why do you say that? No way. And he said, our agency believes that Mark Cuban will not spend a premium on players. 
and look what happened. And look, if you need something to crystallize it even further, only 13 teams in the NBA in the last five years have spent less than $600 million. The Mavericks are at 509 and they're in last place behind the Atlanta Hawks by $16 million. How far are they behind number one? A uh, quarter of a billion dollars. The Golden State Warriors over the last five years have spent $757 million. And then you see the Heat, Clippers, Nets, Bucks, Trailblazers. The Trailblazers have spent $140 million more in the last five years than the Dallas Mavericks. These are actual numbers that I did not make they're up. Facts. They're they not, exist they're not made in up. the world. We didn't make yeah. up those numbers. Is that Mark Cuban is spending the least amount of money in the NBA, and that's it seems like you, to be somewhat of his goal. You brought up Oklahoma City. The Oklahoma City Thunder in the last five years has spent $70 million more than the Dallas Mavericks. So to that point about luxury tax is that's another reason that Jalen Brunson moved on down the road. And we talked about time and again, you didn't get that money back. Like I would have felt a million percent different if you're like, well, all of a sudden that would create a cap hole of $25 million. And then I'd be like, okay, well, let's have that conversation. It created a cap hole of nothing. And so the loss of him was you got nothing in return. And if you would have signed him where it would have hit you is with the luxury tax. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I do not think Mark Cuban is looking to trade Dwight Powell, who's an expiring contract to take on another player that makes 12 or $13 million. That's on a longer term contract. I, I just don't think he is, is willing to do that. I, I, I wish it was different. I hope Mark Cuban proves me wrong in the next two months. Me too. But a lot of people believe around the league that Mark Cuban is not the cheapest owner. I, I want to make this clear. I know he spent the least amount of money over the last five years. That's factual. But they do not believe he wants to get anywhere close to competing with the rich owners in basketball. And he's not a rich owner. He's actually maybe middle of the pack financially and really below average financially with how many premium owners have come in with money. Like, I, I know, I think I know this number. I, I might be way off on it, but I believe the Clippers owner is worth $20 billion more dollars. Maybe. I mean, it's it's a, it's billions upon billions, and I'm making sure to say a B there. Like, and that's just one. I, there's there's a lot of owners that if Memphis's owner is worth, I know at least five to ten billion dollars more than Mark Cuban. So there's just he's not a rich owner. Yes, he's rich. He's rich in this world. He has plenty of money. The Mavericks are making him plenty of money, but he seems to be very tight on his money recently. I don't know what's going on in his life and why he's become that tight with his money. Because in an article written, which this is all factual based, this is an opinion, they got rid of Harrison Barnes for nothing. It did nothing for the organization except ridded him of money. He was like, I don't want to pay him $20 million anymore. It didn't help the franchise at all. It just meant that he wouldn't have to pay luxury tax because he's like, I'm going to get rid of that money to max out Porzingis. You already had his rights once you traded for him, but he is like, I don't want to be at this number. And I see this text come in, and I understand is for the 817, spending less money and trying to compete, it's not a team that's been tanking. I think that is actually more infuriating to me because I'm going to use Mark Cuban's own words from, I don't know, 8, 10 years ago, however long it was. He said there's nothing worse in the NBA than the treadmill of mediocrity. Well... I think that's the concern. 
is that you're going to slide back onto it. Now, last year, it was an awesome run. We all loved it. And the season's like adjacent to that. Yeah. That was the first playoff series you won in 10 years. So you'd absolutely been on the treadmill of med- mediocrity. And you have what looks like a generational player or one of the generational players that will define this era of basketball. I think that's frustrating. Like, Oklahoma City... I get it if you're mad, but at least you can be like, we have 50 million draft picks. I know they never use them, but at least they're like, that's something to build on. It's kind of like what you're saying to add on is Mark Cuban has never made up his mind since winning the championship. And that's the tough thing is like, make up your mind. Are we going to rebuild or are we going to go all in? And he's decided we're not going to rebuild. We are not going to go into tanking. We're not going to go into drafting upon drafting players and hopefully get I know this comes to mind, and I know they didn't win a championship, but we're going to draft Durant, then we're going to draft Westbrook, and then we're going to draft Harden. We have ourselves our core, and in those drafts, they also got Serge Ibaka. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we're going to we're gonna have to be bad for a while to get all of these young guys to then create this great team. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. I just want to have one draft that hits and then add veteran players that are average at best in the NBA. That's a bad way of doing business. Or you go, we are now going to keep Harrison Barnes. We are going to give – Jalen Brunson, every dime, every penny he wants to make sure he stays. It's going to cost me a crap load of money, but he's going to be a good player for us, and maybe I can take these players and add more money to it. And I'm going to be paying a $100 million tax bill upon the $200 million of paying players this year. But he doesn't want to do that. And so it's like, so you don't want to go all in, and you also don't want to rebuild. And that's why the the Mavericks, to me, are very – frustrating right now because they really won't commit either way then do you go okay so how how do your rankings shake out then because I feel like I'm putting if we're just going Cowboys Stars Mavericks and Rangers I'm putting Cuban last and and by the way somebody asked from the 972 I just want to point out that I think this text is absurd why are y'all picking the last five years and not six or four? Feels like you picked a term that fits your narrative. First of all, what universe outside of political things that happen every four years does somebody does somebody break time down in four or six year <laughs> chunks as opposed to five? Secondly, you that, met in the middle there. That, that is what the study covered. If I can yeah. find studies that hit every single year and take into account, it's not going to be good for you, uh, Mark Cuban fan. I will find that study years. if it exists. It's just not like through through after 2011, he decided to stop spending money. So honestly, if you go six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it's not going to look that good for the Mavericks there either. And then somebody followed up. They th- they believe from the two and four, Cuban is the 14th richest owner, which would again okay. put him just pack. about right. In, oh, thank you very much. That would put him. We have people in studio. That's why you should always donate to my possibility. I, so in a weird, it puts you right in the middle. In a weird way, I will. I still lean towards Jerry Jones. And I know ownership, he's the greatest owner in the history of sports to, to make Hands money. Down. But the Mavericks, through this lull of the Cowboys since 1995, they've been to the conference finals in 2003. They went to, the, obviously, NBA finals in 06. They went to the NBA finals and won it all in 2011. They went to the conference finals last year. So, in a way, yes, I've picked on Mark Cuban a lot in this segment, and I'm intentionally doing it so he can get off his ass and actually start doing something positive. Is They've been to the conference finals four times. 
And the Cowboys have been zero times. Yeah. And so I, I look at that and go, that's more successful than what the Cowboys have done over that time. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go. I don't know who the best. It's tough. I'm to trying make. to decide if the I want to put Gallardi the at the top. I mean, I'm doing Gallardi because he brought the Winter Classic to oh, Dallas. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I, he brought the Winter Classic here. They made the cup finals, and so you've had more, like, team success from that mm-hmm. point of view. Uh, so, all right, you know what? I'm suede. I'm going <laughs> stars, then Cowboys, then Rangers, Rangers then Mavs. Just because mm-hmm. for the Rangers, like, I, these last two offseasons have been an incredible wonderland. But before that, everyone's like, hey, what the hell are we doing all these years leading up to that? And so, hey, Mark Cuban. Look at what the Rangers are doing. You can always jump up and start spending money and everything like that. So, yeah, I think that's my order. Stars, Cowboys, Rangers, Mavs. I'm with you. I'm not changing. I like that. All right. Joey, do you sign up on this list as well? I sign. Hell yeah. Can I add this real quick? This is from my Twitch, actually. It was, uh, oh, man, I just had it. What happened to Nico Harrison being the great GM that would bring in a lot of talent? What, uh, and I, I, just to bring that in, like what, that was something that was brought up. I figured I would put it out there. I thought, I look, I will still say this. I am not going to change what I said at the time depending on how it's gone. When they made the move for Christian Wood, I remember we were at rehearsal dinner for one of my really good friend's weddings, and I was like, get the hell out of here. That deal's amazing. I loved it then. I still love it now because I think you gave up almost nothing of essential value for Christian Wood, I realize that the results have not played out how we all hoped. I thought that was a hell of a step in the right direction. When that happened, I was like, oh, my God, Nico's a genius. He's going to bring us all the people. I think it's just still too early to really go off. I can see that. The other thing, too, which we don't know, is we do hear from certain people that Mark Cuban is way more powerful than Jerry Jones is and that actually Nico's not the real general manager. It's It's Mark Cuban being a general manager, but he is, I don't know if smart enough is the right word or cunning. I don't know what the right word is, but Mark Cuban has a buffer of like a general manager president where, where Jerry's ego is like, I want all the titles, even though he's not doing it. Jerry's not general managing at all. You know, like he's doing zero general managing for the most part, but Mark Cuban is like, I don't have the title, but guess what? Behind the scenes, I'm doing it all. So I don't even know how much power Nico actually really has. That being said, who in basketball world doesn't want to sign with Nike? Now, I get he has the relationships. It's not very hard. That's not a hard job. It's a hard job to get. To become where Nico got to, unbelievable job. Great job in his life and resume and, and all those things that he did to get to be very high up at Nike. But to say, well, he got Zion to sign with Nike, or he got, I know he's Jordan, but same company, or he got the Greek freak. I understand. Oh, man, it's not like you're going into the room as not the clear favorite to every NBA basketball player. I know this is not a guarantee, but let's say they do end up conveying the draft pick to the Knicks, all right? Which is most likely. Yeah, then then I'm curious, because somebody did text in, they feel like at this point he's still hamstrung by the mistakes of the past. And once you get that draft pick off the board or send it along down the way, I feel like you do have some more freedom to maybe see what you can do. That does not guarantee anything, but I feel like at least until then, I want to give him time and then kind of see what we can do with all this. We also didn't know at the time 
and I'm going to go into a little bit more basketball talk here, and Mike likes it, but we didn't know at the time he did make a major mistake, and we didn't know it was a major mistake at the time as a fan. He needed to give, in January, Brunson the extension. Sure. He, he, he waited, and Dorian Finney-Smith was happy to sign it after the trade deadline. Yeah. And Jalen Brunson, because he said, if you're going to treat me like this, I'm not going to sign that extension now with two months left in the regular season right. and then playoffs. I'll I'll see what happens. And he bet on himself, and he won tremendously uh, for himself. It hurt the Mavericks tremendously. But by making that educated decision that I'm going to not give it to him until after the deadline's over because we might move him in a trade to get something we like more – Jalen's like, well, if you don't like me that much and you're thinking about trading me now, I'm not signing a long-term contract where there's no trade restrictions where you can just trade me again the yeah. next offseason or whatever yeah. if you want. So that was a bad move by Nico. If Nico was actually running the organization at all, that might have been all Mark Cuban where Nico could have said, this is where we'll never know. Nico could have said, hey, man, I really want to lock up Brunson that four-year $65 million extension and Dorian Finney-Smith. And Mark Cuban might have said, no, let's just wait till after the deadline, the trade deadline, and then we'll do it. So they're still on one-year contracts and not extensions. And then when you sign extensions, it becomes, I think, hard to trade or almost impossible to trade. And so that might have been Mark Cuban who effed it all up. We just don't know. Well, I want to say congratulations, Derek. I think that your segment went very well. There was a lot of people, even if they didn't agree with all the thoughts, they were engaged. And I also wanted to say congratulations to Rudy Gobert. Did you see that he gave all of the Target Center employees a $50 gift card to uh, a $50 gift card? And so that racked up to more than $22,000. That's and, awesome. Yeah, That's I, cool. I just That's think huge. that that is super, I heard super he bet cool. all the employees owe 50 bucks. They'd still beat the Mavericks without half the team. No, that did not happen. <laughs> you know that did not happen. But guess what? We are at the mercy of Mike because we're in the midst of Mike likes it. All right, before, before I get right back in, no we don't break. take a commercial. No here. break. Uh, all content. Right, let's go. You keep your headphones on and you listen. I'm all ears. You know all I don't right, listen. Because we just talked quite a bit of basketball there. through also talking Cowboys, Mavs, Rangers. I'll break it up a little bit here with finishing up Megan and Harry on Netflix. A little mm-hmm. bit of an update. I'm like 10 minutes away from How being How many episodes are there? Six episodes. About an hour apiece. Okay. Is... I Hold do. on, does Joe? I think I, Joe, yeah, I think Joey has thoughts about this as well. Did he say who cares? Did I hear that? You don't. That's care. me. I didn't care at all, but you're not married, and you don't have to find other things to watch with your wife, and so I do. And so we found this, and we both kind of enjoy it. I believe Megan and Harry. Now okay. I, I know that the last time we talked about this, I don't know. I don't know everything. I don't follow everything. And but I've, I haven't watched it. I feel like episodes four, five, and six really get into how the media have made her especially look like a bad person. And I don't know if it's true or not true. You're getting her side of the story. But man, it really seems like those tabloids, along with, this is the amazing part, Harry pretty much says, I don't know if it's a direct quote, but I mean almost as direct as you can get without saying it, that it was his father feeding all the bad stuff to the media about Megan. Because he would have private conversations with him and his brother, with his dad and his brother, or private letters. And then a few days later, those private conversations or private letters would hit the tabloids. 
And he's like, there's no other people that know about this conversation or know about this letter besides my father and my brother. And so then he knew he wasn't getting protected from the inside. They weren't protecting his wife from the inside. In fact, they were making their lives as miserable as possible. And so uh, it's it's really interesting. I don't really... The, uh, it's it, been exceedingly popular. I'm yeah. not here to like Joey, jump on that part. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched all six episodes. What's your thoughts on it? it? It was like, so I didn't have a great preconceived notion of Megan because I think because of the media as well and everything we heard about her. And then when we're watching this too, like me and my mom, because my mom, not a big fan, but she really changed her mind after yeah. watching this documentary and was like, well, they really did make her out to be almost an escape goat. And as you mentioned, they had like him and his brother had a press secretary and that press secretary would leak some of the conversations out to the tabloids yeah. to make Not her cool. out. To, yeah. And, and it was like her, it was like his own brother was like almost a traitor towards him. And it was, it was quite interesting. Yeah. And the, uh, the amount of, uh, attention they were given and they, they would like basically move to an island and the paparazzi would still find get a hold of I them mean, and find them on an be, island because mm-hmm. their own family was giving the information on where they right. were moving to and in a weird way i don't want to give this all away but it is very public knowledge for years now sure tyler perry was the one that took them in and gave them like a, the filmmaker tyler yeah, perry gave them a safe place to live because huh of of wow. the abuse that the royal family was giving Meghan and Harry, they were and, and Tyler Perry discussed all the abusive things that they were doing and, and felt like I can try to help here and give them a safe place to live without, you know, the paparazzi or possibly getting killed. Well, I mean that, like that is something that I th- think we can all agree is that the very aggressive British tabloids. Have gone too far time and again. All right, so people who don't care about the royal family at all, yeah. you still think they would like kind of get in on this? I think this. they would like this because I don't care. I'm not following it any more than watching this. I'm not going to then follow the royal family, but it's just interesting to me on how the the family is a piece of dump, really. Uh-huh. And they are to protect themselves. So let's just say. I did something that the tabloid's going to print out. I just got into um, uh, a verbal conflict with yeah. my wife. And they're like, well, hey, we found out about this. We're going to give it. Well, I'll tell you what. If you don't write this, I'm going to tell you about what Megan just did. Oh, and, okay. And so they're like, whoa, 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 So you're saying there's a better story than your story? Because I got to put something about the royal family in tomorrow. They're like, let me tell you what Megan's doing. And it could be a complete and total <laughs> yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would do that to protect their own self. And she seemed to be the scapegoat. I will say this, and then I'll I'll, I'll move the conversation, but this was pretty disgusting. Uh, and this is where, is it true? Is it not true? I believe it's true, but they asked Harry about a conversation that their family had where Megan wasn't part of it. And they were saying, how black do you think the baby's going to be? Oh, dear. And, well, the, and the royal family was very was, problematic. Was like we can't have a dark baby in the family. Oh my goodness! And so he's like, I do not want to discuss that conversation, but it yeah. was not a fun conversation. Yeah. And so I mean, I I do think it just exposes the royal family as kind of pretty disgusting. Um, all right, which I could also see. All right, I'm going to ask this question to Derek, and Derek, I'm going to be on. You don't have to answer this question. Do you think normally he wouldn't be honest? Is that what he had to no, say? No, no, no. Well, I, I'm listening. I have to. I'm going to be honest here. 
I mean, Derek wants to play in sure. the major leagues, yes, and some, sometimes you have to like say, "Hey, I don't, I don't want okay. to comment okay. on this." Okay. All of a sudden, it popped up on my Instagram a Trevor Bauer video. Do you think Trevor Bauer's done in baseball that nobody will will mess with him? By the way, because he's you, still great, we or get, he could still be great. I have seen that question at least three times this week on the fan text. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, I, just, I don't know what I can really like what to say about yeah. it. I mean, there's, I don't know if the court stuff's still going on. I mean, there's been stuff saying that how it was, you know, she was leaking messages of wanting all this stuff and all that and taking pictures and all this. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's a risk. I think any team that is going to go after him, they know that there's going to be some luggage behind this, and I. I he is a talented pitcher. Do not yeah. get me wrong. The stuff that he does off the field and everything, he's trying to build his own brand. I get it, whatever. But I just, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He is a very talented pitcher. There yeah. is no doubt about it. I, I just don't know where it's going to go. I don't think the the Rangers are interested at all. But no, it is one of those things not. where. Why, why do you say that? Because y'all both were like, I don't think so. I, I think if they're going to go get a piece, I could see it being somebody else. It's. You don't want to spend like Trevor's still going to cost some money because he, I mean, does have a Cy Young on his his resume. He's a pretty good pitcher. I, I would see them going after somebody else. Like I would say a guy like, and this is still probably going to be expensive. Avaldi. Okay. You know, I like just that. think they're scared to death, Derek, of if, the distractions of the distractions and his um, clubhouse demeanor and his clubhouse reputation. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. It, and I can I can actually say like I've heard multiple times of how he is in the clubhouse. I don't think that's a good one to put into the Rangers it's, clubhouse. It's almost okay. like you have to try to you tell your players please totally ignore him, don't listen to just him. Let him. He's do just his here thing. to pitch every fifth day, but don't follow him. Yeah. Don't do what he says. He's going to try to almost. It would be weird because for Mike Matt, I've. I he's know gonna this. Over, he's he would gonna try overstep. to become. He would try to become the pitching coach. He yeah, would tell he the will. pitching coach, "You're dumb. Let me coach. Let me coach oh. Jack Leiter." You will sit like. Let's say Mike was the pitching coach to me. He's going to say something to me like, "Hey, this is going to. This is what I think we should be working on." He's either going to overstep him right in front of him, or he's going to wait until Mike's not around, and then he's going to let me know, "Hey, this is really what you should be doing. Don't listen to them. I have a whole setup at my place. We can do this." It's just the. The things I hear about how yeah. he is, but oh, at the same time, I mean, he is very talented. He's good. He, he's one of the ten best starting pitchers in the yeah. game if yeah, yeah, you yeah. allow him to pitch. But it, I just don't even know if a team is going to be ever willing to take him back on. Now, let me get one last thing in, and Mike likes it here because we're about to power rank the power rankings yes. in the NFL. Well, <laughs> we're getting team. close to the halfway point in the NBA. Would you like to guess? ESPN's power rankings, where the Dallas Mavericks are power Ooh. ranked in the NBA. There's 30 teams, so don't pick 31 or zero. I'm going to say, uh, if you're not ready, 13. I would say, okay, see, I was going to say 16. Derek is a smart, smart man. Let's go! So they I'm are listening. power ranked right now 16, <laughs> which is better than their wow. record. So they are yeah. they are ranked better than their record. It says... Dallas has lost 10 of their last 16 games. 
allowing 115.6 points per 100 possessions during that span, which ranks near the bottom of the league. And more bad news, defenders Maxi Kleba is out indefinitely. Josh Green is still out a few more games. And Dorian Finney-Smith got hurt in Monday's loss with a strained right abductor muscle. I have not seen any update on Dorian Finney-Smith for today's game yet. But if Dorian Finney-Smith has to miss a week or two, uh, you know, this Maverick team could start losing a lot of games. Real quick, here are your power rankings in the NBA. Okay. Uh, Milwaukee, Boston, 1-2. Uh, I was curious how that would play out. Memphis, Cleveland, Denver, three, four, five. Okay. Brooklyn, number six. How much has that changed from the first 10 games of the season? Man, Thank no God the huge. Mavericks played them twice, honestly, early in the year. And that's you seen like Kevin Durant rocket up in the MVP yeah. conversations and stuff. Suns, Pelicans, 76ers, and Clippers round out the top 10. Okay. So the Clippers have been sturdy workmen. Yeah, and it's all this deal of like ironically they think, hey, if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play in all the playoff games, then we're good to go. Then they're good. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. a big hope there. By the way, this is great news. The Lakers are ranked twenty first in the power rankings. So cool. and they don't have their pick, so I don't have to worry about them all of a sudden. They don't getting, have Anthony Davis. Yeah. yeah Victor Weeby Wamba. You could just say Wemby if you want. Wemby Yamba. Yeah. Oh, that. And that's how you end Mike likes it. We're the, we're the KNC Masterpiece Bees. right here on 105.3 yeah. The Fan. Coming up next, we power rank the power oh, rankings no. right yes. here NBA? on 105.3. No, on 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.